I want to start talking about spiritual gifts. In the Bible, in the New Testament, we see three categories of spiritual gifts. Three categories of spiritual gifts. I just want to quickly explain them. There are what, are what we call as membership gifts. Membership gifts, meaning gifts that are given to every person who's part of the body of Christ. So each person here, you're a believer, you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a member of his body. We're talking about the spiritual body of Christ. We're not talking about local church membership. We're talking about you belong to the body of Christ. You have one or more what we can call as membership gifts. It's inside you. It's resident in you. It's part of you. It's to help you fulfill your function in the body. As a member of the body of Christ, you have a function of many, maybe multiple functions in the body. And therefore, you already have one or more membership gifts. They were given to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. So they are gifts of Christ. Now, we have this list in Romans chapter 6, so, sorry, chapter 12, verses um, uh, 6 through 9. And I'll just kind of summarize it. You can study it at home. Uh, it talks about different membership gifts, those who prophesy, um, leadership, administ uh, uh, giving, teaching, ministry, service, compassion. All of these are membership gifts that help you fulfill your function in the body of Christ. And we can understand that that listing in Romans 12, 6 through 9 is not a complete listing. There are just a, uh, an example, a set of things. These are th things, and there could be many more. Leading worship, creative design, arts, drama, lots of things. God has gifted his people with these membership gifts that help them fulfill their function in the body of Christ. And everyone has one or more of these. Now, we may not all have discovered it, but you have it because you're part of the body. The second category of spiritual gifts are the ministry gifts. Now, these are again the gifts of Christ, but according to Ephesians 4.11, it's been given to some, not to everyone. And it's a, it's a, a five-fold gift. Apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. So these are ministry gifts given to some people by Christ. And they have more to do with their position of leadership and governmental authority in the church. Apostle, pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist. A fivefold ministry gift. So when you study 1 Corinthians 12 and the 28th verse, he gives a mixture of um, the membership gifts and the ministry gifts. He says God has appointed the church First apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, uh, then gifts of healings, workings of miracles, administrations, helps, and diversity of tongues. He's kind of giving you a mix of the, of the ministry gifts and the membership gifts. Are we all together so far? And then the third category of gifts are what we call as the gifts of the Spirit. These gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to God's people. You read about that in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 1 to 11. So in this whole series of studying that we're going to do now, we're going to focus on the gifts of the Spirit. Probably sometime later, we'll come and talk about the ministry gifts. I'll talk about the apostolic and the prophetic and what they are and define them and so on. But we're going to spend time talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the gift, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Every believer potentially can manifest all nine of the gifts. And really, we want as a church to come to a place where all of us are flowing in these gifts. Amen? That's what we're going to work towards. So let's go in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. We'll read verses 1 through 11, and uh, we will kind of lay a foundation here this morning concerning spiritual gifts. And then in the weeks to come, we want to take each one of these nine gifts 
break it down, try to understand what these gifts are. So let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 11 and then just get an understanding. You know, the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer is both an abiding presence and a flowing presence. He abides with you, but he also flows out of you. The Holy Spirit is a spring abiding in you, and he's a river flowing out of you. The Holy Spirit in you is, didn't come to be a lake. He came to be a river. Amen? He came to be either a spring or a river. He didn't come to be a lake. Just stay inside you. He abides in you, bring, being your comforter, being your counselor, being your teacher, being your guide, working inside you. But he flows through you, being your empowerer, being your co-worker, being the one who empowers you to do the, get the job done and be a blessing to other people. So there's both an abiding presence and also a flowing presence of the Holy Spirit through each one of us believers. Amen? Now, just a little side note. The Holy Spirit came to comfort you, not to make you comfortable. Amen. So they say, oh, I have the Holy Spirit. I'm so comfortable now. Excuse me. He didn't come to make us comfortable. Now, sometimes we kind of totally misunderstand. We think that, you know, if I am comfortable, the Holy Spirit is here. If I'm not comfortable, the Holy Spirit is not here. Wrong. Many times, the Holy Spirit, the fact that He's flowing out of you will make you very uncomfortable. Because he begins to move you into areas and dimensions that you're not even used to. Because he wants to flow out of you. He's in you. He wants to get out. Amen. And so he starts pushing you on directions and ways that, that make you feel totally uncomfortable. Amen. So don't think, oh, Holy Spirit's come to make me comfortable. Only if it is comfortable, I will do it. No. He's your comforter. To comfort you in the midst of difficult things, not just to make you feel comfortable. Amen. That's more. All right. 1 Corinthians 12, we'll read from verse 1. Paul <coughs> is writing to the Corinthian church, and uh, he begins like this in chapter 12. He says, concerning, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So God does not want us to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. Now to whom he's writing? To the brethren. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. See, many times we think spiritual gifts is only for the preacher-in. Right? <laughs> But it's not just for the preacher and it's for the brethren, meaning all brothers, all the people of God need to be taught and trained and equipped for the gifts of the Spirit. So pastor, why are you preaching on Sunday morning? Sunday morning you must talk to me about how I can have the peace of God, how I can have the comfort of God, etc., etc., etc. Why must you talk about the gifts of the Spirit? You preach that in the pastor's conference. Well, I have biblical reason to preach it to us in Sunday morning. Because the Bible says, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. Meaning all of us. Amen? Then he continues in verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. That means, you know, you were, he was talking about their past life. They were people who worshipped idols. Verse 3. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So now he's bringing them to the fact and understanding that, hey, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Because you have proclaimed Jesus as your Lord. You were following idols, but now you have the Spirit of God in you. You have proclaimed Jesus as your Lord. He's dwelling in you. So now let me tell you something more about what he's there to do. Continue in verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit there are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So he says there are different gifts, 
but the same Holy Spirit. There are different offices, different ways uh, in which people serve, different capacities, different functions, but the same Lord who's being served. And there are different operations or ways of working, but it's the same God who's working through each one. Now, this is very important for us to understand this as we begin to study about the gifts, because even though we are going to explain each gift, and even though we're going to say, this is how it works, and this is how you can get to know that God wants to release a gift to you, it is very important to know that we cannot contain God without explanation. Amen? God is not obligated to stay within the limits of our understanding. He's bigger than our understanding. Amen? The Bible explains God, but the Bible does not contain or constrain or confine God. God is bigger than the book he wrote. Amen? God is bigger. Let's repeat again. God is bigger than the book he wrote. So even though we understand the scriptures, just understand, just realize that the Bible only explains so much of God to us. There's so much more of God than what we can get from the scriptures. Now, God will never contradict what is in the scriptures, but he is not confined to only to the scriptures. Amen? He will never contradict his word. 100%. He'll never contradict. But he's not limited to it. For example, there you, you hear about these stories. You know, a woman got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and she began to write in perfect Chinese. Now, somebody will say, that's not scriptural. Because you're supposed to speak in tongues, not write in tongues. But this is happens. It's writing. Perfect Chinese. Never knew anything but writing. And somebody who knows Chinese reads and says, wow, we're writing praises to God. She's writing in tongues, not speaking in tongues. Now, is that scriptural? It's outside of the chap chapter and verse. But it's, it tells us that there are diversities of operations. God just works in so many different ways. We cannot confine God to our understanding. Amen? So we must increase our understanding of God as much as we can and just be, um, be open to the fact that every time you understand something of God, you put a framework, God's going to say, hello, I'm here. Amen? He's going to always say that He's bigger than our understanding of who He is. Amen? You know, sometimes, you know, I love the Word of God. I highly regard the Word of God. I highly respect the Word of God. But I want you to think about this one thing. And I'm not saying to demean the Word of God. The early church did more without the word and with the help of the Holy Spirit than you and I are doing with the word and with the Holy Spirit. Amen. The early church, they didn't have a Bible, but only by the working of the Holy Spirit and an unlimited understanding of the Old Testament, they changed their world. They had more science, more miracles, everything. Today we have somehow, uh, I've come to a place where we think, you know, we, we've studied the word, everything in and out, left and right, up and down, inside out. But we have hardly have manifestations and demonstrations that are anywhere comparable with what the early church had. So why are we so uptight about a Bible which they did not have and yet we don't have an experience that matches what they had? So what I'm trying to say is we're not trying to diminish the importance of the Word of God but I'm saying listen God is bigger than His Word and if we pursue the working of the Holy Spirit we will come to that place where with the Word of God and with the work of the Holy Spirit we can have what the early church had. Amen? If we got lost, it's okay. We are now in chapter, verse, chapter 12, verse 7. First Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. 
This morning, I just want to kind of lay a little, uh, give an overview of, of the gifts of the Spirit. And in the coming weeks, we will talk about each one in detail. Next Sunday, Pastor Stephen will be preaching, and I, I think he'll get into one of them next Sunday. Now, when you want to talk about these gifts, we can categorize them into three, three groupings, right? And this is just purely from an academic point of view. God didn't say this. It's just for you and me. There are what we call as revelation gifts, right? These are gifts that reveal something, something that you and I do not know, but by the Holy Spirit, these are revealed to us. The word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, they reveal something. There are vocal gifts or gifts that say something, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Then there are power gifts, gifts that do something, gifts of healing, the working of miracles, and the gift of faith. Right? This is just for our learning. You know, uh, we don't make it hard and fast and say only, oh, you can only have this and you can only have that. No, it's just for our learning. We just broadly categorize them into these gifts. Now, let's, what can we say? Uh, to establish an overview of the gifts of the Spirit, what can we say? I like to put them in points rather than preach them as a message. Because if I preach a message, you'll only remember one point. And actually, I intended that to be 11 points. Right? So I'm actually broken it down to 11 points. So if you get the 11 points, that means you got the whole message. Point one, the gifts of the Spirit are given to all believers, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. So each one of us can desire, can, can have the expression of the manifestation of the Spirit. All believers, baptized in the Holy Ghost, have got the, uh, the Spirit of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon them. The gifts of the Spirit are given to all believers. Number two, the gifts of the Spirit are a manifestation of the Spirit. Meaning, the gifts of the Spirit manifest the Holy Spirit. They tell us the Holy Spirit is here. They manifest His presence. So how do we know the Holy Spirit is here? Because the gifts. One of the reasons is the gifts of Spirit are in manifestation. So the Spirit of God is here. Because they manifest His presence. They reveal His working among the people. They show that He is here. They are an expression of Him. And He always glorifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. The gifts of Spirit always glorify Jesus. Number three. The gifts of the Spirit are given to edify people and glorify Christ. Verse 7 says, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for the common good. So why are the gifts given? They are given for the benefit of people. Amen. The gifts are not given to draw attention to the person through whom it's coming. It's given to bless the people around the person through whom it's coming. Amen. They're not given to put a certain mark of, you know, another badge of honor. He's got word of knowledge. Another badge, gift of healing. It's not given to put badges of honor on the person it comes through. It is given for the profit of the people, the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. So the, the gifts are given to edify people and glorify Christ. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 12, we just flip over. It says, even so you, 1 Corinthians 14, 12, even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Because you're zealous of spiritual gifts, what must you do? Seek to edify the church, to build up the church. The purpose of the gifts are for the edification of the church, to build people up, to establish them in the faith, to strengthen them in the ways of God. Number four. We are to desire spiritual gifts while maintaining our love for. We are to desire the gifts while we maintain our walk of love. Look at these verses with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31. What does it say? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And he talks about the way of love. And then chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may 
prophesy. So here's something very important. He says in verse 31 of 1 Corinthians 12, desire spiritual gifts. We must desire for it. There's got to be a longing, a wanting, a desire for these gifts. Now some of us are so spiritual, we don't desire the Holy Spirit. It was supposed to be a joke. I think I need to have a button here. At least if you don't laugh, there'll be some noise coming of people laughing. It's okay. I'll try again. All right. You know, some of us, we get so spiritual, we are afraid to ask God for the gift of the Spirit. But the Bible says, desire spiritual gift. Desire. That means you must have a longing. You must have a desire for this gift. And it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gift. So you walk in love, but also desire the gift. So these things must go hand in hand. Yes, you walk in love, but also desire. Don't just say only walk in love. It's only walking with only one leg. You've got to have both. Walk in love and desire. Spiritual gift. They go hand in hand. They're part of our Christian life. They're part of our experience with God. Walk in love and desire spiritual gifts. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, Desire earnestly the best gifts. What are the best gifts? The best gifts are the gifts that are best suited for the situation, right? The best gifts are the gifts that is, or the best gift is a gift that is best suited for the situation. For example, if somebody is sick, he doesn't need prophecy. Amen. Because you know, you give, somebody comes and prophesies to him, the Lord says he will heal you. He says, I know that already. You know, he's lying on his bed, sick. Somebody else comes and says, the Lord says he will heal you quickly. He says, I know that too. Somebody else comes and says, by his strength, the Lord says, by his strength, you were healed. At some point after he gets 11th prophecy, he's wondering, God, when, where can I exchange his prophecies for some healing? So what he needs is not prophecy. The best gift in that situation is the gift of healing, the gift of healing. If somebody is in a, in a, in a, in a, in a difficult situation, he does not need gifts of healing. He's fine. Maybe he doesn't need a prophecy. He's encouraged. What he needs is a gift of the word of wisdom to show him how to solve his problem. That's the best gift in that situation, right? So the Bible is telling us, desire the best gifts. Who must desire? You must desire. Don't tell God to do what he told you to do. He told you to desire the best gift. So when you get into a situation, you can obviously know what is the most appropriate gift for the situation. So you say, Lord, give me a prophecy because this person needs to hear from you, needs to be encouraged. God, give me a gift of healing because this person needs to be healed. Uh, you know, depending on the situation, you desire the best gift. Amen. So in one situation, you may be having to desire gift of prophecy. In other situation, you may have to desire the gift of healing. In other situation, you may have to desire the gift of working miracles. In other situation, you may have to desire the word of, gift of word of wisdom. But in each situation, desire what is most suited for that. Desire the best gifts. Now somebody might say, you know, um, but what about the will of the Holy Spirit? If, uh, because 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 11 says, uh, but one of the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills so we read that verse we say first we read first Corinthians 12 11 we say it's as he wills so that totally uh, uh you know releases me from any responsibility it's as he wills. so he's not willing so it's okay but i believe this i believe that god is more willing it says that god is always willing let me put it that way he's always willing in any situation if somebody is sick is god willing to heal him course if somebody has a need is God willing to meet that need of course so the issue is not about his willingness the issue is about your readiness and my your and mine readiness and willingness to go with what God wants done so let's not use verse 11 as a scapegoat for our inability and our uh, lack of readiness to move in the gifts amen God is always willing question is are you ready are you willing to step up with God amen the next thing we must understand about, the, about spiritual gifts is this that number five every believer can manifest all of the nine gifts of the Spirit. 
all believers can potentially manifest all nine gifts of spirit. You know, traditionally what people have been saying is that, you know, oh, I got two gifts. I got gifts of healing. I got prophecy. Somebody else says, oh, I got discerning of spirits. And, says, oh. and traditionally we've kind of moved along with this idea without really thinking through on it. But I want to let you know, and I'll share it, explain that to you in a, in a few minutes, that every believer can manifest all nine of the gifts. Why? Because these are the gifts of the Spirit. They don't belong to you. They belong to the Holy. If He is in you, He's got all nine ready to flow. Amen. Now somebody will say, but what about what it says here in, if you read verse 8 with me, 1 Corinthians 12, what does it say here? You know, it says, one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healing for the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation, interpretation of tongues. So, by reading those verses, it seems like, you know, Jivesh has one gift, Tanya has another gift, Amy has another gift, and each one has, has a different gift. Each one has one gift, right? To another, to another, to another. But I wonder, what I want us to understand is this, that these verses, 8 to, eight to 11, are written in, with respect to a point in time and not with respect to the experience of the believer. Because chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14 are all connected. And in chapter 14, what he's talking about, he's talking about what happens in a gathering when you all come together. So if you look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26, he says, when you come together, brethren, how is it that one of you has a song, has a psalm, has a tongue, has a revelation? All things must be done decently and in order. So what he's talking about is, look, when you come together, what happens? At that particular gathering, one person has a word of knowledge, one person has a gift of healing, one person has this. So the gift of the Spirit distributed in that setting, in that particular meeting, is distributed. But in another meeting, the same person who manifested word of knowledge may now manifest gifts of healing. Are you understanding me? So verses 8 to 11 must be understood not with respect to possession of a gift, but with respect to in a point in time, the manifestation of a gift. That at that particular time, a believer may have a certain gift manifesting, but that same believer at a different point of time may be manifesting some other gift. The second reason why I believe that all believers can have all nine of the gifts of the Spirit, can manifest all nine of the gifts, gifts of the Spirit, is because of what it tells us in verse 31 of 1 Corinthians 12, and also in chapter 14, verse 1, which we just read. Verse 31 of 1 Corinthians 12 says, he's talking to believers, he says, desire earnestly the best gifts. Plural. That means he's telling you to desire the best gifts. So you can't go around saying, I have only two gifts. Gifts of healing and working in miracles. If you want prophecy, go to John. You can't do that. Because he told you, desire the best gifts. You want prophecy? Lord, give me prophecy. Because this person needs prophecy. Amen. Desire the best gifts. That means every believer can desire for all nine of the gifts of spirit, depending on the need that has to be met, depending on the situation. And again, in chapter 14, verse 1, he says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Plural. He's telling you to desire spiritual gifts. He didn't say desire two, three, one. He said desire spiritual gifts, the full list of nine, if you want to. Amen. So every believer can manifest all nine of the gifts of the Spirit. Number six. Because spiritual things can be taught, believers can be taught and trained in the release of the gifts of the Spirit. See, spiritual things can be taught. You, you and I can be trained in spiritual things. Just as we are trained academically or trained in sports. We can be trained in spiritual things. So each one of us can be trained in all of the gifts of spirit. This is how you flow. This is how it works. And that's what we want to do in this whole series of teaching. Train us in the spirit so we can go out and practice. The nice thing is this. You've got so many people out in the world you can practice on. Just don't tell them you're practicing on them. Amen. 
You come here on Sunday morning. We tell you how the gifts work. You have Monday through Saturday. So many people out there, you can practice on them. You're talking to somebody, don't tell them, but you say, God, just give me a word of knowledge for this person. He won't know that you are practicing word of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> he won't know. So you say, God, give me word of knowledge. Then in your conversation, you say, um, excuse me, uh, is there a problem in your marriage? <laughs> and uh, he'll say, uh, how did you know? Because God is giving you a word of knowledge. You don't have to tell him that. But from that, you can lead him on into an experience, an encounter with Jesus. So you have so much opportunity to practice Monday through Saturday. Sunday morning, you learn a little bit, practice the whole week. Amen. <laughs> so, spiritual things can be taught. Believers can be taught and trained in the release of the gifts of the Spirit. You know, and the more you exercise a certain gift, the more you flow in a certain gift, the more comfortable you become with that. The more easier it becomes. So the beginning, we have a little difficulty. Prophecy, oh, what do I say? Is that me? Is that my feelings? Uh, you know, we, have, we go through all those struggles as we, uh, 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 when we get started in a gift. But as you keep doing it more and more and more, you just get to understand, oh, this is how it works, and you begin to flow in it more. So this, there will always be challenges when you want to start in one of these gifts. And, but the more you flow in it, the more you exercise it, the easier it becomes. And in general, the gifts of the Spirit need to be stirred up. You know, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14, and again he repeats it in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. He says, you know, I remind you, do not neglect the gift of God that is in you. And then he says, stir up the gift of God that is in you. So we all need to be stirred up. We need to be, come on, push, push, go. We need to be stirred up in the gifts. Otherwise, what will happen is they'll just lie dormant. They won't manifest and be wondering, where is the Holy Spirit? We need to stir up. We need to be reminded. Don't neglect what's in you. Get out there, try it out. And gifts can be imparted. Romans 1.11. Paul says, I come to you. Uh, I desire to come to you. I can impart something to you. That means I can, there can be a transmission in the spirit where believers are activated and said, go. Uh, and people, people begin to manifest more and more of the gift. You know, I, I believe that if we want to create a culture in our church where the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit will just become very normal. Amen. We won't have that kind of a culture. But the supernatural is very normal. In fact, it'll be abnormal if you don't manifest the gift. It'll be abnormal if there's nothing supernatural happening because God is very supernatural. We want to create that kind of a culture here where the gifts of the Spirit will just be commonplace and we can all flow in it and, and just build each one up. We just stir each other up to flow in it. A few more and we close. Seven, we release the gifts through faith. We release the gifts through faith. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 2, verse 5, and again in verse 14. Verse 2, Paul writes, he says, you know, Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? Verse 5, he says, He who ministers, he works miracles among you and uh, uh, ministers to you the Spirit, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So the answer is uh, answer's obvious. He does it by the hearing of faith. So the working of miracles and the gifts, they happen by faith. That means there's a little risk that you and I have to take when we want to manifest the gift. There has to be a little faith in our side that step out. Because you're not now connecting into the spirit realm. You're drawing from God. Obviously, your mind is going to question. Your mind is going to tell you all kinds of things. And so you really need to step out by faith as you're trusting God in these gifts. Number eight, often several gifts can flow in conjunction with one another to accomplish a specific work that God wants done. So many times you'll find that these nine gifts, they kind of are coupled together. So sometimes there's a gift pack, you open it, there's only one gift in it. Sometimes there's a gift pack, you open it and you'll find three or four in it. It's like a gift pack. Many gifts in it. So gifts can work together. There might be a word of knowledge going along with a gift of healing. So you might say, somebody has, you know, whatever the Lord's leading is, you have this and this problem. Wonderful. They know they have the problem already. It's not going to help them much. But when they hear it coming from here, they know that God's pointing them out. 
for a reason. Why? Because he wants to heal them. Not just let them know they have the problem which they already have. Right? So the word of knowledge will flow along with the gift of healing. The next thing will be God is healing you. Check your body. So the word of knowledge is flowing along with the gift of healing. It's coming into that place. Same way, word of knowledge flowing along with working of miracles. So word of wisdom, so on. Prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge may all just flow together. It's a gift pack just flowing together. So in these situations, we must not become too analytical trying to say, oh, was that word of knowledge, was that gift of healing, or was that working? Just forget it. As long as the person was blessed, be happy. Let people just receive. Just flow with what God is releasing. Hey, word of, doesn't matter, man. Whether it's a word of knowledge, prophecy, discerning of the Spirit, just release it. Let people be blessed. Let their lives be changed. Number nine, gifts empower membership, the gifts of the Spirit, they empower membership gifts and ministry gifts. So, these nine gifts are your toolbox. They are your toolbox. They empower you to fulfill your membership ministry and for those who are called in a, a fivefold ministry, your fivefold ministry gift. So these nine gifts of the Spirit, they empower you in your membership function, in your membership gifting. Example, let's say you're a worship leader. So your membership gifting is to lead people in worship. Now what will happen? The gift, some of the gifts of the Spirit can flow through your life in, as you fulfill your membership function or gifting of being a worship leader. What kind of gifts? This example. The gift of prophecy starts flowing through you. So suddenly, you know, the band has practiced so well and he just feels this gift of prophecy coming on and he just go off on a song that nobody knows. Like a drummer is coming after you, man. What's, what's, <laughs> the guitarist is trying to keep up with you. You're off. What's happening? I'm not telling you to do this on purpose, but you know. But what happens is that this, 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 this gift of prophecy, it's a spontaneous song coming from heaven. Words are just bubbling up inside you. These words, and Ivan is trying to type it on the, no, what's the next word? You know, he's trying to get it on the screen here. Yeah. But these are words coming straight from him. The gift of prophecy is flowing, and he's just off on a song that nobody knows. It's a prophetic song. Prophecy is being released through song. Amen. And then sometimes you're, you're leading worship, and the gifts of healing begin to operate. So what do you mean? You're singing a song, and you just feel that the, the gift of healing begin to flow, and people are getting healed. What's happening? You're leading worship, but the gifts of healing are flowing through your life, and people are being healed as you're leading worship. So these gifts are your toolbox. These nine gifts of spirit are your toolbox to help you fulfill your membership gifting, whether it's leading worship. Or let's say, for example, you're a very creative person, and your membership gifting uh, is uh, uh, some sort of creative thing, you know, maybe uh, designing creative stuff or doing the interiors or whatever, some creative expression, some form of creative expression. And so what, what, what happens? These, these nine gifts of spirit become your toolbox. So the gift of the word of knowledge comes in. And you're trying to design something and boop, boop, boop. And just keep coming up in your mind. What is it? It's to give the word of knowledge flowing through you to empower your membership gifting, of a, which is a creative expression, a creative gifting. You all with me? Or if you're a leader, the gift of the word of wisdom flows through your life. People come with all kinds of problems. And you, tuck, 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 and you don't have to fast and pray 24 days. Why? The word of wisdom, bringing you the word right then, right then, right then. I'm wondering, like, how does this guy do it? Because it's a gift, the word of wisdom is flowing through your life, and you're, as a leader, empowering your leadership ministry function in the body of Christ. It's so important. Now, the problem is this, that many of us are walking around without our toolbox. Just imagine you call an electrician to your home, and he's the most loving electrician. He comes with so much love. He's pursuing love. He's walking in love. But just this one little problem, he doesn't bring his toolbox. What, how much of a blessing would he be to you? Very nice person. He talks to you very lovingly. He can explain everything about electricity. You know, he can tell you exactly in a very loving way, very patient way. He can explain to you how it's generated in the river, comes all the way to your home. Very loving, very mature, 
But if he doesn't bring his toolbox, he's of no use to you. And so many of us believers, we are very loving people, very mature spiritually, no toolbox. Can't get the work done. Amen. The only tool we carry is a mobile phone called pastor. <laughs> That's my tool. So anytime there's a need, transfer somebody. That becomes our tool. I want to encourage us. Let's take our toolbox with us. It's these nine gifts of the Spirit. They empower you in whatever ministry function you are in the church, outside in the world, whatever you are. They help you get the job done. Yes, walk in love. Yes, be mature. But please take your toolbox with you. Amen? A few more here. Number 10, the gift of the Spirit are no indication of spiritual maturity. Right, so here's a warning. You know, just because somebody's flowing in the gift of the Spirit, it doesn't mean they're mature. These are two different things. The Corinthian church, and I don't have time to look up these verses, but 1 Corinthians 1, 4 to 7, Paul writes to the Corinthian church. He says, you know, you've been blessed with every, you've been enriched by him in all things, uh, in all utterance and in all knowledge, meaning all vocal gifts or revelation gifts, and you come behind in no gift, no spiritual gift. I mean, this is a Corinthian church was a church that had all the gifts flowing in them. But however, they were very immature because in chapter 3, verse 1 to 7, he says, I've written to you as carnal and not as babes in Christ and not as mature people. So here was a church that was very, very spiritual. They had all the gifts, but they were very immature, very carnal. They were fighting with each other, fighting with Paul and Apollos and making groups and divisions in the church. So what do you see? There's a difference between spirituality and maturity. Spirituality means how sensitive you are to the things of the Spirit. You can be very immature but very sensitive. Whereas maturity is Christ-likeness. It deals with your character. How Christ-like are you in your walk? What we need is both. Amen. We must have development in maturity. We must have development in spirituality. This must go hand in hand. There's no point in being very mature if you don't have the tools to get the job done. Amen. And the other case is also not good. If you just have a lot of Gifts, but no maturity can prove to be dangerous. Last one is this, that the gift of the Spirit can be manifested anywhere at any time. The gifts of the Spirit, these nine gifts of the Spirit can be manifested anywhere at any time. It doesn't have to be only in church. It doesn't have to be only through the preacher or the pastor or the teacher, whoever it is. It can manifest anywhere, anytime. In fact, our desire is that the gifts of the Spirit will flow through each one of us so much outside the church, in our homes, in our schools, our colleges, our places of work, that Sunday morning when we say, anybody wants to give a testimony, we'll have about 100 people stand up and say, yes, I want to testify. Amen? This past week, I went to my doctor, and as I was going to meet the doctor, and he was trying to fix my teeth, I have word of knowledge for him that God is healing his heart, and whatever, you know. It could be just anything that believers, people, are just flowing in the gifts of spirit outside Monday to Saturday, Sunday morning we come and we just divide the spoil and rejoice in what God has done. Amen? That's what we want to see. We want to build a culture, a, a creative community where the supernatural becomes very normal in our lives. In everything we do, in our schools, in our colleges, in our places of work, at home, in our, in our, uh, you know, in our, in our communities, that the gifts of spirit will just flow through our lives and people will be touched, impacted. They will see the spirit of God manifesting and they'll say, God is among you. Amen? This morning I just want to encourage all of us God has told us to desire spiritual gifts. He said, I want you to desire, desire, desire for spiritual gifts. God has told you to desire spiritual gifts. Be zealous for spiritual gifts. So let's not treat this as something secondary. It's very much part of our Christian walk, our walk with God. We must desire these gifts. Amen. I know we will make mistakes. I know there's a learning curve involved. I know there are uh, you know, there are some hurdles we need to get over, etc., etc. But let's begin to push in that direction, desiring spiritual gifts.